to us, we ask that as we look into the perfect law of liberty, we will not be forgetful hearers, we will continue therein, we will be doers of the work, we will not be hearers only, let your name be glorified 
in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Let's be seated in the presence of God this morning. Amen. There's this song I've been listening to throughout the week. My wife is going to testify to that. You do not lie, you do not pay. What is hard for you to do? It doesn't exist, though. It can never, ever exist, though. You do not lie, you do not fail. What is hard for you to do? It doesn't exist, though. It can never, ever exist, though. You, you do not lie, you do not fail. What is hard for you to do? It doesn't exist. Oh. It can never ever exist. Oh. You do not lie, you do not say. What is hard for you to do? It doesn't exist. Oh. It can never ever exist. Oh. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. Alright, so for the past two weeks, we have been considering the topic, the principles of the doctrine of Christ. The principles of the doctrine of Christ. And we lifted that up from the book of Hebrews, chapter number 6, verse 1. The Bible says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go unto perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, so um, we just lifted, you know, the, the, the subject heads or the headings that Apostle Paul gave us the principles of doctrine of Christ. So we just lifted that up and then we started considering found them repentance from dead works. That was what we looked at last week. Amen? And last two weeks. But this morning we are going to be looking at the topic faith towards God. Faith. Faith towards God. Praise the name of Jesus. Faith towards God. Okay, before I begin to share a couple of thoughts that I have in mind, I would like us to open our Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter... Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32 from verse, no, okay, 32, yeah. Deuteronomy chapter 32 from verse 1, no, from verse 15 to 20. I'm so sorry. Deuteronomy chapter 32 from verse 15 to 20. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. And so, in verse 15, the Bible says, But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. 16. 
They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations, provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not, of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful, thou hast forgotten God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a forward generation, children in whom is no faith. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Children in whom is no faith. And, you know, the funny thing about this scripture, the funny thing about this Deuteronomy chapter 32 is that it is the only verse in the Old Testament where you see the word faith. In other, in, in other verses in the Old Testament, what you will see is faithful. Praise the name of Jesus. But in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 20, is the only verse where you will see the word faith. And, you know, if, had it been that word faith was not used, and the word faithful was used in that same verse, you know it would go. Children in whom there is no faithfulness. Praise the name of Jesus. However, God's, according to God's permission, we have the word faith there. And even though when you cut down to the chase of the matter, when you cut down to the foundation of the matter, you realize that faith and faithfulness are one and the same thing. Praise the name of Jesus. Faith and faithfulness are one and the same thing. However, we see that the generation that God was talking about was passing this comment about how that they are a perverse generation. The entirety of their perversion was predicated upon one thing. And that one thing was that they were children in whom there is no faith. <clears throat> Meaning that for faithfulness, for a man to arrive at faithfulness towards God, the first installation that that man must have is faith. And that faith is the recipe for faithfulness. Therefore, we can say that until there is faith towards God in the heart of a Christian, we cannot say, we cannot guarantee that that Christian will be faithful to God. Until there is faith in the heart of a Christian towards God, we cannot guarantee that that Christian will be what? Faithful to God. We cannot guarantee that that Christian will be faithful to God. And I like the, the expression that the Bible gave to us there. It says faith towards God. I wrote a little tract called Where is Thy Faith? And one of the things that God helped me to share in that tract was that for faith to be valid in the realm of God, it must be faith towards God. Faith in ourselves, faith in a friend, faith in a system, faith in 
a school doesn't ring in the realm of God. The only faith that rings in the realm of God is faith towards God. And I said in that track that for faith to be potent, it must be channeled towards God. So even if I think that my children are going to be intelligent, my belief that my children are going to be intelligent is not, will not be predicated upon the quality of school I put them in. It will be predicated upon the promises I have in God. And if at any time my eye is lifted off from God and it's put in the school that they are attending, then that my faith is no longer towards God. Praise the name of Jesus. So when we are channeling this spiritual energy called faith, we must know where we are channeling it towards. And that was why that track was titled, Where is Thy Faith? In other words, where is your faith heading towards? Praise the name of Jesus Christ. And I wrote down here in my note, I said, the first duty of faith is to help us to receive God. The first duty of faith is to help us to receive God. And like I, usual, I, I, like I usually say, there is one big limitation that every human being faces. One big limitation. And that one big limitation was what Jesus said when he said, God is what? Spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's the biggest limitation. The biggest limitation that we have is that God dwells in an unseen realm. God is spirit. However, the human... The human being is trained to is trained to be a material entity, a physical entity. He can only relate to what he senses, what he sees, what he can touch, what he can feel. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. However, God is spirit. And if you are going to encounter God, you must encounter God in spirit. And that is the biggest limitation. Had even God was a physical being, had even God was a physical being, many of the labors we spend in evangelism won't spend it. You know why? Because if the God that we know, the God who is all powerful that we know, if he's a physical being, then you will not do a lot of work to get people to comply to him. Because their physical eyes will, will be able to behold the beauty and the terribleness of his throne. And as a result, they will, they will, by default, realize that this God is he that must be what? Obeyed. Because scriptures make us to understand that everyone that the Lord opened their eyes to be able to see into the realm of the spirit, one of the first things that happens to them is that they usually fall as one that is dead. And I think it was Daniel that said, he said, and I fell before him that stood before me, and even my comeliness became like rottenness in my bones. Meaning that that comeliness is, is the same as my handsomeness, my attractiveness. He said, when I, when I stood in the front before the light of his countenance, even my comeliness became like rottenness. So if that kind of a person appears before any human being, that human being will know that this is a superior being. As a matter of fact, when God is in operation in a place, yes, he's in the spirit. But when God begins to give physical manifestation in a place, there is a particular awe that that manifestation sends into the heart of everyone who is a witness to what is happening. This is the reason why some people fall under the anointing. 
This is the reason. Because when, when God is around, God, God configures the environment. He configures the environment. And even though all this is that I'm saying, even though God is this powerful, the greatest limitation we have is that God is spirit. And we, as humans, we are physical. We are material. We relate to the visible realm. And I don't think any believer should be at any point, sir. I don't think that any believer should be at any point where he doesn't believe that there is such a thing that exists as the spirit realm. As a matter of fact, if a person exists and says he's a believer and believes that there is no such a thing as a spirit realm, we should check very well. That person most likely will not be saved. Because if you realize, majority of the hope you have, not majority, all of the hope you have is predicated upon that simple truth that there is a realm called the spirit realm. If there is no realm called the spirit realm, hmm? if there is no realm called the spirit realm, one of the things that will mean is that all the results you will get in life will be as a result of your physical exertion. All of the all of the feats you'll be able to accomplish in life will be as a result of your physical exertion. And if it will be at your physical exertion, it will mean that it will mean that you labored without the involvement of God. Because God is not dwelling in a realm where you can see. God is dwelling in a realm where you cannot see. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. And if you can now say that the realm of the spirit does not exist, invariably what you are saying is that God does not exist. Are we together now? If, If you do not believe that the realm of the spirit does exist, invariably what you are saying is that you don't believe that God exists because God is what? Spirit. And God is where? In the spirit realm. And it is because there is a thing called the spirit realm. That is why we have hope for the future. Because we know that all the spiritual blessings that we have received, all the blessings that we have received, the spiritual blessings that we have received, are wrapped up in the spirit. And occasionally, as God grants us grace, we'll begin to walk in the realities of these things that God has accomplished for us in the spirit. Even the salvation that we claim we have, it is in the spirit. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Now this is where I'm going to. What I'm going to is that the only mechanism by which you can, as a physical human being, the only mechanism, the only provision in the kingdom by which you can access that spirit realm is called faith. So what does it mean for a person to be spiritual? For a person to be spiritual means that person has faith. That's what it means. Because it is faith that is the evidence of things not seen. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. So, and especially when we come into Christendom, one of the things that we will realize is that there are so many things in Christianity that are not seen. In short, the things in Christianity that are not seen far, far outweighs the things in Christianity that are seen. 
for example, as we, are, as we are in this hall now, I don't have a shadow of doubt that the angels of God are in this place. But they are not seen. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. They are not seen. We don't have a shadow of doubt that the Holy Ghost is present here. But he is not what? Seen. And, like I said earlier, the only way we cannot begin to relate with these things in this kingdom that is not seen is that we switch on to that frequency called faith. Meaning, sir, that a deformity, a deformity in my faith life will be a deformity in my spiritual life. That if a person is waxing cold or if a person's spiritual life is dying, the first point of call is not to check whether the person is consistent in prayer. The first point of call is to check whether the person still has faith. And that is why the first subject of attack of the devil is faith. And the first implication of sin is to weaken our faith. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. The first, the, the, the first, the first effect that sin has on a human being is that it impacts on his, his or her faith. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen and amen. amen. So I said that in the kingdom to which we belong, a person will be said to be walking in faith. Be, a, a person will be said to be spiritual when that person is walking in faith. A person will not be said to be spiritual because the person prays for long, even though faith produces that kind of prayer. A person will not be said to be spiritual because the person prophesies a lot, even though faith can produce prophecy. In the kingdom to which we belong, the, a person can only, can only be said to be what? Spiritual when that person is walking in faith. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. And he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that do all, that diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, Romans now tells us, if we check the book of Romans, I think it's chapter 6 or 8, thereabout. I can't really place my hand, but we should try and find it. If you now check the book of Romans, the book of Romans now tells us that those that are in the flesh cannot please God. So Romans says, those that are in the flesh cannot please God. Hebrews says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Meaning that if a person is in faith, it is not possible for the person to be in the flesh. Because the resultant effect of being in the spirit and being in faith is that both people will be pleasing to God. Meaning that if a person is in faith, the person is in the spirit. And so, when John said that I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard a voice, what it meant was it was not principally that he was floating in the realm of the spirit. What he meant was that his receptacles of faith were expanded on that day and he heard a voice. And many, many times people miss the manifestation of God. And it is true that a lot of times the reason why we miss the manifestation of God is because we are not in the spirit. 
And when I say in the spirit, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that we are not in faith. And if faith is so important, so, so important that it can get God to manifest in our lives and in our environment, it therefore means that we should guard it jealously. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. We should do what? We should guard it jealously. We should guard it jealously. And this is the reason why when faith goes out of the heart of a person, perversion is inevitable. If you want to see a person, a person that is sold out to sin, a person that is totally sold out to sin, if you want to see such a person, he is that, that kind of a person who faith towards God has fizzled out of his heart. So constantly, the devil is barking at your faith. Constantly, the devil is trying to beat down your faith. And what the devil is trying to achieve is to get that faith out. When that faith goes out, the devil is sure that you will become perverted, you will become rebellious. So God said that this is a perverse generation, a generation that is a generation that is given to sacrifice of idols. And the final comment God made was that they are a children in whom there is no faith. I want to show you a scripture. I want to show you a scripture that Apostle Paul shared. Praise the name of Jesus. Just to buttress some of these things that we are saying. Just give me a minute. Let me get the scripture. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse two. Second Thessalonians chapter what? Three, verse two. I just want to. This is not part of my message, but I think it is important for us to just look at it. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse what? Verse two. Okay, let me start from verse one. Second Thessalonians three, verse one. Are we there? Are we there? Second Thessalonians three, verse one. The Bible says, "Finally, brethren." Amen. Second Thessalonians 3, verse 2. Just before you get to 1 Timothy. Second Thessalonians 3, verse, verse 1. The Bible says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. Verse 2. It says, And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. Did you see that? For all men have not faith. So why are these people unreasonable and wicked? It is because they have no faith. And Paul is saying that pray for us that we'll be delivered from such people. Meaning that the recipe for wickedness, the recipe for wickedness, the recipe for perversion, the recipe for being evil is that that person doesn't have faith. 
Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Not all men are faith. And that is why we should be careful the kind of people, you know, like, you know, I think it was Pastor Banky that was sharing it. You know where to place some people in your life. There are people that you cannot discuss some core matters about your life to. And why is that? Not all men have faith. Not all men have faith. Not all men have faith. That's the truth. And sometimes you say some things, and the things are so real to you, but they look so ridiculous to the people that are listening to you. And you are wondering, ah, what's going on? Not all men have faith. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. But back to our gist, I said the first duty of faith is to help us to receive God. The first duty of faith is to help us to receive God. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 2, Paul said that when you receive the Spirit, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Meaning that when a person wants, when God wants a person to receive him, what God first does, or what, what God does is that he makes the person to hear the hearing of faith. And what is the hearing of faith? The hearing of faith is when a message concerning God is being preached or being proclaimed and it is being mixed with faith in, in him that is hearing it. That is the hearing of faith. And so we can say that faith is working in the life of a person when that, person's, when that person can grow the capacity to receive God. So faith is our capacity to receiving God. I'm trying to build it carefully and carefully because I know where we are going to. So faith gives a mortal human being the capacity to receive God. If a person doesn't have faith, that person will not have the capacity to receive God. So the Bible says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So when you hear by the word, faith comes. And when faith comes, you receive the capacity to receive God. But you see, receiving God at salvation is not the only reception of God that you are going to make in your life. That is the most important and the most primary. And let me quickly say that in the realm of God, in Christianity, there is, you cannot say you have received God until you believe in Jesus Christ. So let me say it this way. You don't believe in God if you don't believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what the Christian doctrine preaches. You know, some people will be like, hey, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus Christ. Christianity says, no, you don't believe in God. Because I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man cometh to the Father except through me. Meaning that if you are going to the Father, it has to be routed through Jesus. There is no way for you to meet with God except through Jesus Christ. No way. There is no way, that is what Christianity preaches, that there is no way to God except through Jesus Christ. So if a person does not believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, the person does not believe in God. Even if the person goes for prayer, even if the person says, I fear God, if that person doesn't believe in Jesus Christ, Christianity teaches us that that person does not believe in God. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So when a person believes in Jesus Christ, that person does what? Receives God. Amen? 
And I said that that is the most important reception of God. It, but it is not the only reception of God that you will have in your Christian experience. And this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that when you receive God, there are other times organically in your, in your Christian experience, there are other times where you will have to receive God again. And the same principle will apply. And that same principle is that you will need faith to receive him. There are other times in your Christian experience where you have to receive the counsel of God. And you will need faith to receive that counsel of God. There are other times in your life where you will need to receive the, the, what's it called now, the correction of God. And you will need faith to receive the correction of God. There are other times in your life where you need to receive the blessings of God. And you will need faith to receive the blessings of God. I am saying that everything about God and his gifts is predicated upon faith. Everything about God and his workings is received by faith. Everything about God, his person, is received by faith. And sometimes the reason why somebody will hear a sound doctrine and he will not agree with that sound doctrine is not primarily because he did not he 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 did not hear what was being preached or he did not understand what was being preached it is that faith is lacking in the heart of that person praise the name of Jesus Christ so faith is so important because it is the only way by which you can receive the dictates of God and I used to say to people that faith is not general Amen. I said to people that faith is not general. You will see somebody that will have so much faith. So much faith in God that he cannot be poor. However, in the area of his health, in the area of his health, he doesn't have that faith. He has so much faith in God that God is powerful and God can manifest himself in every dimension. But when it comes to his career, he doesn't have that faith. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. And if this is true, what it means is that, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. But if this is true, what it means is that the believer is therefore taxed with the responsibility of always learning the word of God so that faith can come in. Because the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Meaning that the word, the word of God carries a souvenir pack. And that souvenir pack is faith. And if the word of God enters into the heart of a person, the word of God enters with that souvenir pack. So for example, I'm holding this chair and probably I was standing outside and I'm holding this chair, standing outside. The moment I enter into this building, this chair enters into this building with me. So if the word of God can enter into the heart of a believer concerning any matter, then faith will enter into the heart of that believer. Meaning that if there is a particular area of my life that I am not manifesting faith 
towards God in that particular area, if I'm not manifesting faith, it means that I am ignorant of the promises and the counsel of God concerning that matter. What I should do now is to learn what God has said concerning that matter and receive it. The moment I receive it, faith will be activated in my life concerning that matter. So our deficiency of faith in certain areas of our life is a deficiency of our knowledge. And just like that preacher said, if you know, you will believe. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Sometimes you tell somebody, no, it is not good for you to engage in immorality. It is not good for you to engage in immorality. When you are not married, it is not good. The reason why what you are saying is ridiculous to them is that the word of God concerning immorality and fidelity has not entered into their heart. When it enters into their heart, faith will be built up in their heart. And I said, one of the things that faith helps you to do is to help you to receive the instruction of God. So a person will be lacking vitality in a particular area if he has not received faith in that area. And the way for him to receive faith in that area is for him to be exposed to the word of God concerning that area. And just like, I think it was Pastor Banki that was sharing. He said, if you are a preacher and in your church you don't teach people about divine health and healing, when people in your church get sick, they will not expect to be divinely healed. So faith in God will be lacking in that area. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. So I said faith is the only way. I said faith is, one of the first duties of faith is to help us to do or to receive God. And I said it is also the mechanism by which we receive everything that has to do with God. His promises, his counsel, his blessing, his instructions, his correction. It is by faith that we can receive, that we can receive them. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. But I want to latch on a particular matter, especially since we're talking about the fundamental or the principles of the doctrine of Christ. I want to latch on a particular matter. I want to say emphatically that it is by faith that we receive the forgiveness of sins. It is one thing to be forgiven. It is another thing to receive the forgiveness. Are we together? There is forgiveness with God but it is another thing for a Christian to live his life knowing that he is forgiven of his past sins. And there is a victory in Christianity that will never be attained until a believer comes to that point where he believes that his past sins have been forgiven. And currently, they are not haunting him. There is a level of defeat that will flow into the life of a believer if he doesn't believe this truth. Because you see, every aspect of God we doubt will make us to be defeated. And that is because the Bible says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Meaning that the only thing that can conquer this world is your faith in God. And if there is any area in your life where you don't have faith in God concerning, you will not be able to conquer this world. So a person might be saved and he will live a beat down Christian life because he has not received forgiveness from his past sins. You know many times there are we face some issues, and these issues, sometimes they will look so enigmatic. They will look so mysterious. And one of the questions that human beings will begin to ask is that, is it my past sin that is haunting me? 
And if you entertain that thought long enough, entertain it long enough, the devil will ride upon that thought and you will live a defeated Christian life. There are people who the Lord has blessed and the Lord has sworn a blessing to. However, that sworn blessing that God has given to them, God has given it to them, they, but they are not enjoying the blessing that God has sworn to them. And that is because even till now, they are still battling with guilt. And you cannot enjoy the blessings of God with guilt. You cannot enjoy the blessings of God with fear. You cannot enjoy the blessings of God thinking that because of something you did in the past, all these things that God has given to you is going to come crumbling one day. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. People, God has blessed with children, intelligent children, beautiful children, a wonderful home. However, they are still looking over their shoulders, saying that, oh, I was a courtesan in the university. Hope some of those bad atrocities that I did will not come and haunt me one day. If you, if, if you keep entertaining that thought, you will not live a victorious Christian life. I'm saying that a, a, a Christian will have to walk over time, will have to exercise a lot of discipline and exercise a lot of faith to receive the forgiveness of God. And there are times when people think that they have received the forgiveness of God. But when they are face to face with situations, then it will now be clear that Kai, have not truly received the forgiveness of sins. When there are just three people, there were, there were, maybe there were 1,000 applicants for a job. And they scaled through the 1,000 and scaled and scaled and scaled and they remained three. And when they remained that three, a thought will just pass into their heart that look at this, 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 this that you have done. And because you have done this, 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 and this, you are not qualified for this blessing from God. If they have not exercised faith in God solid enough to receive that forgiveness, that thing will, it will not just, it will not just distort their mind so much so that they will lose their composure. It will also set for them an expectation. And at the end of the day, they will not get that job. Because that their expectation will not be cut short. And that their expectation that is not cut short, they will now say, I said it. And invariably, they said it. I am saying that a person received Jesus and has the... And Received the fullness of the Godhead in him. Joy, peace, salvation, everything he received was in him. But for him to experience those things in his life, he must exercise faith in those different areas. And if he doesn't exercise faith in those different areas, he can hold on to guilt so much so that he will take his own life by suicide. But he was saved. He was born again. You know, next Saturday, we're going to be looking at the topic, working out your salvation. Working out your salvation. There we will know that a lot of things also depends on us as believers. But back to my message. I'm saying that one of the areas that you must exercise faith. And that faith is what Paul calls the fight of faith. You must fight to keep faith in that area. One of those areas is the forgiveness of sins. 
that you grow so much in God to a point where when we are face to face with the situation, you don't say, Kai, God, what did I do? Or is it because of this? Or is it because of that? And I'm going to be saying some very strong things. There were people who maybe they committed abortion before. They and their spouse committed abortion. Maybe when they were dating, because they didn't want to be exposed and all of that. And eventually they got married. Rededicated their life to Christ. God saved. God born again. Started believing in God. Were steadfast in the things of God. And now, they don't have an issue. Yet. They don't have a child yet. I'm saying that the devil is capable of keeping that family bound until they break free from that guilt. And this is one of the strongest things that the blood of Jesus Christ is there to accomplish. I'm saying that that particular guilt can lead to the dissolution of that marriage. So if I am a feature in that home, what is God expecting of me? God is expecting me to fight. You fight the good fight of faith concerning receiving the forgiveness of God. You do what? You fight the good fight of faith concerning receiving the forgiveness of God. Fight for it. You know, when, when my wife was pregnant, many thoughts. Thoughts would just be flowing through your mind. That is why you will know that. When Apostle Paul said, above all, holding the shield of faith. You know, there are times where faith is a receptacle. We'll consider all of that. Faith is your receptacle. There are other times where faith is your shield. And that shield of faith is for, is for blocking the attacks of the enemy. And the attacks of the enemy is not one which crying by your window at night. The attack of the enemy is raising words of accusation and words of guilt against you. It is by faith that you will quench the fairy dart of the enemy. Because most times, when God has prepared a glorious thing for you, what the devil does is to begin to shoot darts. These darts will come as guilt. They will come as fear. They will come as doubt. He will begin to shoot darts and shoot darts and shoot darts. And what he's trying to do is to affect your faith. Is to affect you. And what God is expecting is that at that point you use faith as shield. I'm saying that guilt, if not properly dealt with, foundationally in your Christian world, is capable of terminating your Christian experience. This is the reason why people draw back. They come to God and sometimes they think of the horrible things that, are, that they have done and they think God cannot forgive them. Even though now they say the sinner's prayer. And you know most times what they do, they resolve to go back to their old ways. Guilt. Do you know the level of guilt that Apostle Paul would have dealt with in his life because of the people he persecuted? In short, there were colorings sometimes. There were colorings of some of those guilt. And so he would say things like, I am the least of the apostles. I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. Meaning there was a reminder that Kai, I did bad. And that was why at the end of his life he said, fight. You fight. You cannot receive understanding of scriptures with guilt. 
answer. Sometimes if guilt is not properly dealt with, it makes people fall into the error of hypergrace doctrine. Because who, who, who will be feeling guilty and will not want to hear somebody say it doesn't matter? It matters. That's the truth. But we are saying that there is forgiveness with God and that forgiveness must be received. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. So foundationally, one of the core functions of our faith is to receive forgiveness. Receive forgiveness. And that is where the concept of the new man comes in. The Bible says, um, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things are what? Passed away. And all, behold, all things are become new. That scripture, the, one of the key words in that scripture is behold. It says all things are passed away and behold, all things are now new. Meaning that even the person that is now a new creature must behold. Behold means to see. He must see that all things are now new. He must see. And if at all we don't believe that the blood of Jesus Christ is able of wiping off some sins, then we, we truly have not believed in him yet. Because the Bible says we do not have an high priest that is not able to, that, that cannot be taught with the feeling of our infirmity. But that he himself, he was tempted at every point. It says, therefore, seeing that we have a high priest that lives forever, he is able to save to the uttermost. So Jesus is able to save to where? The uttermost. Uttermost means uttermost. It means the utter of the most. The, the most anything that you are talking about is the most. And this is the part of God where sometimes but people, people find it so high. And sometimes we, you know, there are some people that some people are giving up on that this one will land in hell. Come, they are the ones that welcome you. That's because Jesus can say to the uttermost. You know, there are some people, some people, maybe you've lost contact with them when you were going for some of those parties, your secondary school. You know, maybe now when they are thinking of it, they say, I don't want to on day one, please, don't spoil you. But look at you now here sitting in church. That's because Jesus can save to the uttermost. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Let me go back to that book, that Ron Baby Ron, Nicky Cruz. He was not just a gangster, he was possessed by a murderous spirit. If you continue like that, Max, 30 years. He can't cross 30. Definitely one day he's going to get killed. But this same person became an evangelist, became a preacher. Why? Because Jesus can save to the uttermost. We must believe these things. Because you will not know the importance of some of these things until you are trusting God for something. You start ministry, you are trusting God to help. You now begin to think of some things that people have said concerning you. That is why sometimes when you have some altercations with people that, especially that are close to your heart, and that altercation goes bad, and they say some words to you, Maybe sometimes, because of the respect you have for that person, you will not respond to that person directly. But when you go, when you go home, the first thing to do is to pray. 
Because there are some authority figures in your life that sometimes they will use careless words like, you are a wicked person. You don't have human feeling. You don't have sympathy. You are ill-mannered. You are, you are quick-tempered. And they say some of these words to you. Do you know, many times when you are battling with the devil of depression, it is these words that will be jamming in your head. These words that will be jamming. So when you have some of these experiences, it is good to go to pray. I remember when somebody laid an accusation against me in church, one of the church I was attending in Aingba, made an accusation against me, and then the pastor called me to his office, and the pastor didn't want to hear my side of the story. Maybe the person was telling the pastor that me, actually he called some of my group members, and I didn't know about it, and he, what he was asking them was that, what's the bad thing that I'm doing that they don't like? That was the subject of the discussion. And the report they gave to me that they told me that not you know. But they came to tell me that this was what your predecessor came to ask. Now this guy now went to because he was close to the closer to the pastor than I was, he went to the pastor's office and told the pastor that some of the programs that I'm organizing, I'm organizing it because I want to eat money. So the pastor now called me to his office. And he didn't want to hear my own side of the story. So what he was now, what the pastor now did was that. First, he removed me from some of the places I was serving. Remove, remove, remove. Don't stop doing this. Then he now began to say things like, this is how you will be doing. And in the future now, where things are working bad against you, you will not know why. So, because he's the pastor, I waited, he finished. Thank you, sir. Get out of the office. Then we went into prayer. Because there are words sometimes that will be spoken concerning you, and those words, you shouldn't keep them hang, hanging around. Permit me to, to, to divert a little bit. I, I don't know if I've shared this principle here, the principle of watching and praying. That sometimes, man, we don't watch, we just pray. And we wonder why, even in that, our prayer, we don't have faith strong enough. That is because there were moments we were supposed to watch. We didn't watch, and some things crept into our hearts. So prayer is such that you watch and you pray. And this is my understanding. To watch means to keep watch. To keep watch where? To keep watch at the gate of your heart. You must keep constant watch at the gate of your heart. There are certain things that have happened to people. It doesn't mean that it should happen to you. Just like Pastor Sunday said, he said that don't build the expectation of your life based on what has happened in the life of other people. Don't say if a man of God can die in an accident, then what's our own? No. Don't say, and how nice, and how prayerful that woman was. She went to the delivery room and she didn't come out. You watch and pray. You watch. You watch. That's why A.W. Tozer wrote a book, I Talk Back to the Devil. You talk back. It, it happened to me many times, sir. Many times. When we were preparing for, to get married, when we got married, when we were pregnant with better, many times. I would just be sitting, the devil would say something to me. And I would laugh. <laughs> you know, I learned that from Kenegi. I would laugh. 
Yes, a good thing to laugh. The Bible says, he that sits in the heaven shall laugh. So sometimes I will just laugh. Just laugh. Give a good laugh. And then, of course, we talk back to the devil. Just like we learned the principle of the final word. Now, Jesus Christ was tempted of the devil. We don't know where and how. For me, I found it very difficult to believe that the devil took Jesus Christ to up the mountain to tempt him. Right? And then took him to show him the glories of the world and told him to bow. I found it very difficult to believe that. Very, very difficult. And that after that, the devil now took him to the, to the height of the temple and told him to jump down from that place. I find it quite difficult to believe. I find it quite difficult. This is my personal opinion, not yet verified, and it's not explicit in scripture. But this is my personal opinion. I believe the temptation that the devil came to give to Jesus Christ happened all in the battlefield of his mind. That's what I believe. Because I, 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 it's a bit difficult for me to believe that the devil will say, ah, let's go to the mountain top. Let me go at them together. Then Jesus will follow him. Then he will say, ah, let's go to the temple, the height of the temple there. And then Jesus will follow him. And then he will say, okay, see this bread, see this stone. No. I believe it was a battle that was going on in the mind of Jesus Christ. But here is the principle I'm drawing out. The principle I'm drawing out is that even though it was that battle, that was, that was in the mind of Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, in all the temptations, Jesus had the final word. You know you can be sitting in an AC apartment and the devil will be using poverty to tempt you. You know? Do you know that? <laughs> the blessings of that AC that God has given to you, you will not enjoy it until you ward off that temptation and that guilt. This thing has happened to me very well before. I would just, I would just feel like there is, and there's a, there's an impending, there's something bad that will happen. I, because of the way we, some of us grew up, we didn't, you know, when you are nine, you lost your mother, then you grew a little bit, then you lost your auntie that was like your mother, then you move forward, then you lost your father, then you move forward, then you lost your uncle that was like your father. So. One of the expectations that we began to build was that life is not, you know, the way they say it now, life doesn't just flow smoothly. When it's flowing, you are expecting something bad to happen. In short, when something bad is not happening, you'll be doubting. So it used to happen to me very well before. Happened to me very well before. We'll be doubting, we'll be thinking, Kai, and let's, something, let something bad happen now. I know sometimes when something bad happens, there's a level of security you now feel. You'll be like, okay, the evil for this period has happened. Oh God. Ah. Uh, you'll be like, the evil for this period has happened. So I mean, we'll rest more. Then when you have rested and your rest is getting protracted, you now begin to expect another evil to happen. All of these things, the solution to it is faith towards God.
all of these things. The solution is what? Faith towards God. Praise the name. So I was saying to us that the, the, one of the principal functions of faith, the principal functions of faith is for us to receive, it helps us to receive God. And I said that in receiving God, one of the active things that must happen in our lives, and I've been stressing it since, is to receive the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. Man of God, are they... <laughs> You know some of us that were they didn't born us born again. We brought things. <laughs> you know, like Apostle Paul said, things that we are currently now ashamed of. We are just begging God that let them not show video. 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 That's what we are begging. Let them not show video. And sometimes flashes of those things will just come to your mind. And when it comes, the there's a, <laughs> there's a level of fear you will feel yourself that yeah. fear ah. and you'll just be hoping and expecting that kind God please I beg forgive us for this one let it not be that oh God and you know when people's hearts are discouraged towards God they begin to turn to other gods that's the reason why some of these things must be properly dealt with. When it is not dealt with, it makes us to turn towards God. So God called somebody, gave him a ministry. The ministry has started. He has done it one year, two years, three years, four years, five years. Ministry is not growing. And you know, when, you know, like Igala will say, they will say, moto, eh, moto, bo, drive away. You know what it means? It means if your car gets stuck, the drivers will be plenty. For example, you are traveling and your car gets stuck on the road, stuck in the mud. Drivers will they'll say, cut your hand like this. Cut and go this side. You know what I'm saying? No, you know they mark that thought to wear. So sometimes when people are in this, when their backs are against the wall, when their backs are against the wall, they will begin to run diagnosis in their head. Why is this happening to me? And begin to behave like Job. They begin to run diagnosis, diagnosis, diagnosis in their head. And sometimes it's just the kite that made it. I remember when I, I got newly born again and we enrolled on Believers Foundation School. And it was time for Holy Ghost baptism. Sir. Receive the Holy Ghost. And people were praying in tongues. Only me. I said, Jesus, what's happening here? Receive the Holy Ghost. People pray. Do you know? Don't say this if I went for foundation school. My brother, that I was even feeling that me, I still, I'm still young. I never do some of this, I don't do. My brother started speaking. I said, Jesus, what's going on here? I said, Kai, this is my own sin, don't bad. Do you know I almost lead into depression? Because I felt that God no one use me. My life don't spoil now. Okay. My own sin bad that. See some of the thoughts where they go enter my mind sometimes, they're no good. You know, have you ever sat down some bad thoughts you just enter your mind? Bad thoughts. You catch yourself in some of these thoughts. So some of those things were coming to me that ah, maybe all these things are God don't even tire. God don't. I did believer foundation school, I did not get baptized. 
Everybody got baptized. It now became a prayer point that I used to write on my prayer request card. I say, Lord, I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. <laughs> this thing is not joko. Do you know now? Now, 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 this is this now, but I've understood better why it happened that way. Because it was that period. Because I was not getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. I was now drawing. <laughs> I was now drawing closer to God. <laughs> I was now drawing closer to God. So my friends would be outside. My my friends would be outside. I will stop. I will stop. Uh, they will say, "Come out now, we'll go play game." I will not go. They will say, "Come out now, let's go now." I will not go. Because I wanted God to baptize me. So when I wake up in the morning, I will read Bible. I will read Bible. You know, you are trying to be close to God so that the Holy Ghost can baptize me. I was doing all of these things. In short, I now banned Channel O. An MTV base. I, I banned, I, I banned, I didn't watch it again. One day I sat in church, I said, I think it's because of some of these worldly songs that I'm listening to. And I started deleting it. Delete, 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 delete. All of this, because I wanted Holy Ghost. Unknowing to me, when I was doing all of this, I was already forming a habit. I was already forming a habit. And that is why my wife knows I read Bible more from my phone than I read the physical copy. That's because when I first got born again, I didn't have a Bible, it was on my phone. So before I sleep, I'll read. When I wake up, I'll read. So now, I can sit down and I'll be scrolling through my phone. You would think that is WhatsApp I'm doing. I'm actually reading. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because of our time, let me quickly rush. So back to our... Back to our message. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Back to our message. I, I want to quickly lay a particular, and this, can I establish this today? Let me, let, please, just permit me. Let me try to establish this today. Eh? Okay. Okay, I said in receiving God, the first thing that must be received is forgiveness of sins. And in receiving forgiveness of sins, the first thing to be done is repentance from sin. A person must be must have repented before the person can experience forgiveness in their lives. You cannot be in, in that sin and be looking for forgiveness. There must be what? Repentance from that sin. And that's the reason why we have to do repentance from dead works. Now, when we have repentance from dead works, then we should receive forgiveness of sins. Now, let's look at a few scriptures to buttress this. Acts, Acts, basically, Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, verse 18. Acts 26, verse 18. 
This was Paul giving, you know, sharing some of the things that God told him, the mandate God gave him in ministry. And Paul said, to open their eyes, no, Jesus speaking to Paul now, but it was Paul that was recounting it. Uh, Jesus said to Paul, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Right? So, first off, they must be turned from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may do what? Receive the forgiveness of sins. So, before we begin to talk about you receiving forgiveness of sins, your heart structure must have turned from darkness to light. Praise the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 5. I just, I just want to buttress this. I can't buttress it enough. Acts chapter 5, verse 31. The Bible says, Him had God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Him had God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of what? Of sins. So repentance must precede forgiveness. Repentance must precede forgiveness. You know, I, can't, I don't want to go there. But somebody was saying that the sins of the whole world have been forgiven. And he said that when Jesus Christ came, he forgave the sins of the whole world. Meanwhile, it is you that is shouting that we should read scripture in context. But that's, that's not... So, scripture puts it here explicitly. It says, that one says, to turn people from Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin. This one said, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. 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 The Bible says, Repent you therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. So there must be repentance first. And that was why we looked at repentance from dead works before we began to look at um. Um, this particular topic that we are considering today. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, there are two portions of scriptures where Jesus forgave people. Jesus said to them, your sins are forgiven. There are two portions. I think the first one is that man that was sick and the roof was torn and then he came in. And then, you know, when they came in, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. That's Luke chapter 5. Jesus, the Bible said that when the tore opened the roof, Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith. So faith must be in the heart of a person. And when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, one of the ways to express your faith is by repentance. Repentance is an expression of faith. I don't know why. Repentance is an expression of faith. It's an expression of faith. Repentance is an expression of faith in Jesus. When you come to Jesus and you say, Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I want to serve you. Lord, I want you to be my savior. Part of the ways to express that you're believing in him 
is repentance. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I think um, we will stop here for today. And you know all of this is that I've been saying. I've not talked about what faith is. We're not talking about what faith is. By God's grace, next week we'll look at what is faith. We'll look at what is faith. And then um, we'll trust God to help us to build from there. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.